You are listening to Unstoppable Actors, the essential podcast for ambitious, aspiring actors with me. I'm Louise, the founder of Standby Method Acting Studio, and every week I'll be talking with you and sharing how you can become a paid, working, unstoppable actor. Because you can. An acting career is doable. Are you ready? Hey there, Unstoppable Actor. I am so excited to dive into another juicy podcast episode with you. We're going to talk about something that every single aspiring actor on the planet has to deal with, and it is the four risks that come with pursuing an acting career. Now, every single professional actor on the planet also had to face and overcome these four risks, which are genuine risks. But other people who are not in the acting industry or who perhaps are not on board with your acting dreams will try and pin us down with these and try and use these four risks to convince us not to pursue acting. But I'm here to tell you that even if you hear these four risks, you're aware of them and you still feel that fire in your belly to pursue acting, then you have to. You a thousand percent have to. You see, all of the professional actors who've overcome them are no different from you. They started off with zero experience. They started off with zero contacts, with zero knowledge of what to do. And yet, they managed to get their first audition, their first acting job, and then their first agent, and then more auditions, and then more acting jobs, even whilst constantly facing these four risks. And so can you. You can overcome them as well. I want to start by telling you a story about my granny because she allowed um, her dad, my great granddad, to decide whether she could pursue acting or not. So my granny currently is in a care home. She's got vascular dementia. It's in the later stages, so it is very, very advanced. And it's obviously really sad to see her deteriorating and her personality disappearing and, you know, her becoming a shell of who she once was. And just to put it into context for you, she doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know I'm a granddaughter. She doesn't know where she is. She couldn't even tell you what city she's in. She can't string together a coherent sentence and she's very, very confused a lot of the time. And obviously her memory is, well, it is depleted and she needs obviously full-time care. But even though her memory is pretty much non-existent, well, it's not fully non-existent, but it's getting there. The one thing she can remember is acting. Now, when she was younger, she loved acting and she used to do um, Amdram and she used to do it at the local church and she used to be get involved in all of their productions. And this one time the Yorkshire Post came along to watch one of her productions and the Yorkshire Post, for those of you that are not familiar with it, is a local paper up in Yorkshire. <laughs> so one of the journalists came along and watched her in this production and they did this big massive write-up and Part of what they said in it was, watch out for this young actress, she is going to go far. So that they were basically blown away by her talent. So she loved acting. She clearly was talented because someone else had seen it. And you'd think that would be a recipe for success. But her dad said, no, acting is not a proper job. And she had to listen to him. Now, my granny can still remember acting on stage. 
even though she's got this awful disease that is eating away at her brain and her memory and her personality, she can still remember acting. Whenever I go to the care home to see her, I always bring up acting with her. Whenever I do, it just puts a big smile on her face and she always talks about how she used to learn the lines and then get people to test her on the lines and they'd they'd never ever say the other character's lines back with any feeling and they wouldn't do it right. (laughs) And it always makes me laugh because, you know, (laughs) when I go through my lines and I get people to, you know, just practice scenes with me or and get them to test me on my lines. I'm the same as my granny. I want them to give me something to work with. And I know that some of you listening will relate to that as well. But it's really, really sad that my granny did not get to pursue her dreams. It just makes me think that there's so much unused talent inside of her that's gone to waste. Yes, she's had a happy life, but she's done jobs that never gave her that same feeling that acting did. And who knows? If she'd have not listened to her dad, like, what could she have achieved? She was clearly talented. You know, a journalist is not going to say those things if she wasn't talented. And let's now bring this back to you. What could you achieve with your acting dreams? You know, you've clearly got the passion for it. That's why you're listening to this podcast. I'm not sure where your um, talent lies at the minute if if I've not worked with you, but talent can be built through skills. By learning the skills, by learning the method, you can develop talent. So if you can develop your talent and you're passionate about it, surely that has to count for something. Surely you have to pursue your dreams despite what everybody else is saying. And there are going to be four risks that you are going to face that I've already spoke about professional actors having had faced as well and overcome them. And other people are going to present these risks to you as you know, a tactic to get you not to pursue your dreams, just like my granny's dad told her she couldn't pursue hers. And I don't want that for you. I don't want you getting to the end of your life and thinking like, what if, what if I would have done it? What could have actually happened? You know, there's a great saying, discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. And you will know from personal experience of not pursuing something, it doesn't just have to be acting related. Like maybe there was something you wanted to do when you were younger and then you didn't do it because you were afraid or you didn't do it because other people told you not to. And then afterwards, you really regretted it. So you already know what that feeling of regret feels like. And it's not a nice feeling. So I'm going to walk you through these four risks and I'm going to tell you or share with you, sorry, some tools, some tactics and some strategies that you can put in place to overcome them, just like all of the professional actors who you see regularly on screen and stage have done, because you can do it as well. So one is the risk of financial loss. Two are emotional risks. And then the other one is a time risk. So we've got a financial risk, two emotional risks and a time risk. And I'm going to go through them step by step. So the first one is the time risk. There is the risk of spending lots and lots and lots and lots of time on pursuing acting and it never leading to anything and nothing ever coming to fruition. And that's going to be one thing that you hear people tell you who are not on board with your acting dreams. It is a genuine risk. I'm not going to lie, it is. But there are ways that you can overcome this. So to avoid you spending tons and tons of time and getting no acting work and getting and getting nowhere with your acting dreams, there are 
some things that you need to do. And the first thing is you need to know your type. You need to know what your casting type is and only apply for roles that fit that. If you're not sure what your casting type is, it's just essentially the the types of roles that you look like you could play. So you only need to apply for those roles because if you are applying for every single role willy-nilly and roles that are outside of your type, of course you're going to waste time. Of course you are not going to get cast in those things because you don't you don't look like you could play that role. So for example, the way I look, I could never ever play an English rose. I just don't look like one and I'm okay with it. So there is literally no point in me applying for castings where they want an English rose type look because if I spend all of my time applying for those roles I am literally going to end up wasting time getting no roles and then obviously when you get no roles it makes you feel down so then I'm going to get trapped into one of the feelings of maybe feeling frustrated or depressed or at a loss so we have to be smart so only apply for the roles that fit your type know what your type is first. And then the second thing is apply for acting roles every single day. I'm not saying that every single day there's going to be something that you can apply for, but the very act of looking is better than not. And what you want to do with this is give yourself a target. For example, you might want to set yourself the target of applying for seven suitable roles that fit your casting type per week. So that would equate to one per day. As I've said, it doesn't always work out that you can apply for one every single day. It might be that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when you look, there's absolutely nothing that fits your type. But then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's like, whoa, there's absolutely loads that fit my casting type. And you manage to get the seven applications in on those days. And it it will always balance out. So don't get down if you've given yourself a target of applying for seven roles per week. And then, you know, like I said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's nothing that fits you and you can't apply for anything. It will always, always, always balance out. But that can be difficult. You know, obviously you've got work if you're if you're an adult and you're in a job or if you're a teenager, you may have school or you may have college. So what you need to do is create a routine, create a solid routine for yourself and stick to it. So you can juggle applying for roles alongside college, school or your job or your day-to-day commitments. You know, some of you listening to mums and to me, that's a job. I'm going to recap them. The first risk is a time risk and it's spending loads and loads of time and effort on your acting dreams and getting nowhere and the time being just a waste. So we can overcome this by knowing what your casting type is and only applying for roles that fit that. Then giving yourself a target of how many roles you're going to apply for every single week and making sure you do, making sure you hit that. And then creating a really good solid routine so you can actually make sure you do apply for these roles and you stick to it and you can juggle it alongside either college, school or your job. So then the second risk, this one is a big A. This is going to be the one that most people use to tell you that acting is not a proper job and to persuade you not to pursue acting. The second risk is financial. It's the risk of either spending loads and loads of money on your acting dreams and having nothing to show for it or earning no money whatsoever from an acting career. Let's dive into this then. What can we do 
to lessen the risk of spending money and having nothing to show for it. First things first, you obviously always need to pay for your bills, your essential bills. That's important because that's how we survive today in the modern world. So here's what I suggest. It's what I do myself. I learned this on a financial course that I took many years ago and it has been my saving grace financially. Now, before I tell you what it is, I am not a financial advisor. So obviously, if you want more in-depth financial advice to do with your specific financial circumstances, then I would definitely recommend speaking to a financial advisor, a qualified one, because that is not what I am. But here's what I do. I have separate bank accounts for things. So I have a bank account for my main bills. Now, obviously, if you're a teenager, you're not going to have bills as such like a mortgage or electricity bills or water bills, but it it would be good for you to take this on board for when you do get to that point and also potentially to ask your parents or caregivers or guardians to set up an acting bank account for you so, so you're always on top of your finances. So anyway, we, we create separate bank accounts, one for bills where things like your mortgage or your rent would come out of and your water, your council tax and your electricity. And what you do is you set up a standing order every month for the money to come out of your main bank account and go into your bills bank account. So let's just say, and I'm just making this number up, but let's just say your main bills come up to £1,000 per month. So you would have your main bank account, you would set up um, a separate bank account for your bills and you have a standing order that you put on set and forget for every single month on whatever date where £1,000 comes out of your main bank account where you get paid into and it goes into your bills bank account. That way you know your bills are always, always, always going to be paid and they're always going to be paid on time. And then obviously, you know, we don't just want to be paying bills. So then you would create another bank account for essential. So maybe things like beauty or the gym or whatever it is that you know you can't live without. So for example, I can't live without the gym. I know we've not been allowed to go to the gym during lockdown, but when the restrictions lift, I will go I will be going back there. And I have a separate bank account for things like beauty and the gym and other things that are important. So again, you figure out how much you need each month for these things. And then in this other separate bank account you've got, you set up a standing order from your main one for the money to go into your beauty or gym or essentials bank account, whatever you want to call it. If you're following me so far, we've got three bank accounts. We've got your main one where you get paid into. We've got one for your essential bills, such as mortgages, rent, council tax, gas, electricity, car, whatever, whatever your main bills are. And then we've got another one for other essentials such as beauty, uh, the gym, whatever you class as an essential underneath all of your you know, monthly house bills. And then you want to set up an acting account. So then what you do from your main account is you, again, set up another standing order and you can budget for how much money you can put into your acting account every single month. And you put a portion of your monthly income or weekly income or fortnightly income, however you get paid, into your acting account. Now, if you are a teenager, you still want to have an acting account and start putting money into that. Maybe, you know, you earn pocket money. I don't know how it works. I earned pocket money when I was little. Maybe that's not a thing now. I'm not sure. Or maybe, you know, you do jobs for your parents or your guardians and they pay you to do things. And then you can start saving that money up to go into your acting account. And your acting account is a standalone account 
on its own and then you're always in control financially. So you are good at managing your money. Now, if you've got these separate accounts, I know it sounds a little bit overwhelming to begin with and it's like, whoa, it sounds so confusing. But actually, once you've set them all up and then you've set up your standing orders from your main account and you know what's going into where, it just makes it so much easier to organise your money. And then you are always aware of how much money you've got to spend on acting and you're always in control of it. And that's what I do. It's what I learned on this financial course that I did many years ago. And honestly, that stopped me spending money willy-nilly and never knowing where my money was going. And now I'm just really organised. And then obviously, you know, you can have savings accounts as well. That's different. I'm not here to talk about that because as I've said, I'm not a qualified financial advisor. I'm literally just telling you what I learned in the hope that it can help you get in control of your money and become more organised with it. Because as I've already said, finances is going to be the biggest weapon that people use against you pursuing your acting dreams because they're going to tell you acting is not a proper job, you don't get a stable income from it, or they're going to tell you, yeah, but you could end up with no money. But if you're smart and you do this and put this tip into into practice, you will never be without money. And here's the other thing, money can always be earned always, 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 always. Yes, it's challenging when we lose our jobs for whatever reason. You know, maybe we're sacked or maybe we're made redundant. But because we as humans in the modern society need money to survive, you will always be looking for a job when you're in that place. And I'm on about a day job here. You will always be looking for a day job when you find yourself in that place of not having one and you will always find one. Obviously, I can't tell you how long it's going to take, but you will always find a job. You are never going to go through the rest of your life not working unless you choose not to. So you don't need to get into that scarcity mindset of never having money. And here's another thing for you to consider. You have to weigh up and I can't tell you the answer to this the answer is already inside of you and you've just got to tune into it. But you have to weigh up, is the financial risk of pursuing an acting career a good one to take? You know the answer to that. Of course, like with any business, you are going to be putting more money into your acting dreams than you get out of it to start with and maybe for many years. But eventually, we'll find that balance and it will start to pay off if you stay consistent and if you stay committed. Most of our acting students at Standby are on low-income minimum wage jobs. That A good majority of them are. Some of them work um, zero hours contract jobs. Some of them work in factories. Some of them work in healthcare. Some of them do things like dog walking. And these are not high income jobs. These are low income jobs. But what they've got really good at is budgeting, budgeting their money and knowing what they've got for bills, knowing what they've got for the essentials that are important to them and then knowing what they've got for their training with standby, for their headshots, for their showreel and for all the things that you need, you know, like casting sites to pursue their acting dreams. And I can tell you now that our acting students are the ones who've been training with with us for a long, long time. They've got really good at budgeting and have been very, very, very consistent showing up daily for their acting dreams. You know, going back to that, that first thing that I told you about applying for roles every single day, they are now starting to get momentum going and they are getting regular paid work. 
I'm not going to lie, it hasn't quite taken over their day job just yet, but it's getting to the stage where if they continue to be committed, it will do eventually. So let's just recap this then. One of the biggest risks is the financial risk. And this is the one that people like to scare us with the most with an acting career. And But we can get in control of this. So you can create separate bank accounts, one for your main bills, one for essentials underneath bills, such as beauty, gym, fashion, whatever, and then another bank account for your acting business, because it is a business and you've got to start seeing it like one. And then from your main account, you set up, you figure out what you need in each account every month and you set up standing orders to make sure money goes into each one. So you've always got money for everything that you need. And then you have to ask yourself, is the financial risk of pursuing an acting career a good one to take? Listen to your intuition, listen to what's on your heart. That will tell you the correct answer for you. And then, you know, as I've already said, like many of our acting students are on low income minimum wage jobs. To them, spending money on their acting dreams is essential. It's essential for them to achieve their goals. So that's what they do when they don't begrudge paying it because they know that eventually it's going to pay off and eventually the money they've invested in their dreams will start to replace their day job. And it's already getting towards that for a good number of our students. Now, the other risk is the risk, it's an emotional one, it's the risk of having an unfulfilling job for the rest of your life. Now, this this is a big one. You have to ask yourself, you know, when people are telling you acting's not a proper job, is it worth doing a job that, yes, brings you a stable income every single month and you can rely on that and you're never going to be in a financial pickle because everything's always covered, but your heart's not happy. You've got to ask yourself, is that emotional risk of being in that steady job where you're not happy, is it a risk worth taking? And you've got to ask yourself this because only you know the answer to this. I can't give you the answer and neither can anybody else. You've got to tune in with yourself. You know, if I think back to my granny, and if you remember the story I told you of her, yes, she earned you know, a steady income every single month. And she went on two holidays a year before she got dementia and she had everything that she needed. She never really wanted for anything. She wasn't rich. I'm not saying that, but she was financially stable. But then her heart wasn't happy because she can still remember acting now, you know, and she still talks about it with fond memories. And I, and also I used to speak to her before she got dementia and she did always talk about how she wished she'd been able to pursue it. You know, so you've got to ask yourself, is that emotional risk of being in an unfulfilling job for the rest of your life one worth taking? I don't know. Only you will know that. And then the other risk, the the fourth and final risk is the emotional risk, again, of not going all in with your acting dreams and never really knowing what could have been. The acting industry, I, I hate to break it to you, but I've got to be truthful. It's not an industry that you can dip in and out of. You either have to go all in with your dreams or leave it as a dream. And that's for you to decide. You've got to ask yourself how much this means to you. You've got to ask yourself whether you actually really want to put in the financial effort, the physical effort, the emotional effort and the mental effort to make an acting career your reality. Now, if you ask yourself these questions and the answers come up with, actually, do you know what? 
I don't. I don't want the mental effort. I don't want the emotional effort. I don't want the physical or financial effort. No, I think actually, do you know what? I'm just going to leave acting as either a dream or a hobby. Then you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Like I'm not here to judge you or shame you on that. You that that's your choice, and that is absolutely okay. But if you know that you want to put in the effort and this has to be your way of life, then you have to go all in. Because the thing about dipping in and out of the acting industry is that you will never, ever, ever get momentum going. It will be so difficult. You'll get a little bit going for a little bit of time. And then when you dip out, that momentum is lost. Of course it is. So I've got an exercise for you. It's called the rocking chair exercise. And this will help you decide whether or not acting is going to stay as a hobby or as a dream for you or whether it is going to be something you pursue and you give your absolutely everything to make it your career. So with the rocking exercise, uh, the rocking chair exercise, what you do is you imagine yourself at the age of 90 and you're sitting in your rocking chair, either in your house or in your garden. Maybe you've got a nice warm blanket over you. Maybe you've got a nice view in your garden. Maybe you can hear the birds tweeting. Maybe it's a nice sunny day. Or maybe you're inside next to your fire and it's warm and cosy in your house. But you're in your rocking chair. And what you're going to do is you look back at your life as a 90-year-old. This is an imaginative exercise. What you need for this is a journal or a notepad. Because as you're reflecting on your life as this 90-year-old in your rocking chair, you're going to write down what the things are in your life that you're most proud of. What are they? What are the things that you created? What are the things that you learned? Which people did you connect with? What are you most proud of? What do you, what has made you feel the most fulfilled in life? What made you feel like you lived a really, really satisfying life? So you're going to spend some time answering these questions, just imagining that you're looking back and reflecting on your life. And when you finish this exercise and you read back through what you wrote and you tune into and connect with those feelings that you've got as you've done this exercise, that will be a really good indicator as to whether you should pursue acting or not. So as always, I really hope that this episode has been useful for you. Yes, these are four very genuine and very real risks of pursuing an acting career. But you can overcome them because all of the professional actors who are working now also face these same risks and also overcame them. If they can, so can you. I have absolutely loved hanging out with you and I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Unstoppable Actors, the essential podcast for ambitious, aspiring actors. Now, if you did, I'd really love you to subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review. And if you would like weekly injections of inspiration, you'd like mini method acting challenges to keep you making progress with your dreams, come and join the most supportive acting community online by clicking the link in the notes to help you become an unstoppable actor.